Insta Immersion. And welcome everybody back to I Am Talk. We have the one and only Pastor Dale Saito. Yes, there's only one. There's Pastor only Dale. one Pastor Dale that I know. But um, this man has just uh, been such a unique influence uh, to mm. my life, to our family, mm. to our church. Um, now the current uh, pastor emeritus of that's, C4 that's right. Christ-Centered Community Church. And then also now a best-selling author? or uh... Uh, Well, not, not quite yet, but working on it. <laughs> but Pastor Dale is the author of Choosing Your Path. And so uh, Pastor Dale just... Uh, just delighted that you came all the way from the land of Hawaii <laughs> out into uh, Central Oahu to uh, join us for it was this conversation. My pleasure. My pleasure to to just see you again. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen each other for several months for, now. For a few months, yeah. yeah I mean, just so time goes by so fast, it, right? And it it does, but you know, even even though we're in the midst of all that's going on, you know, it it's still fun to to just meet up and talk absolutely. stories. So yeah. Yeah, my, my pleasure. I always love to just start off um, just with how we connected and, and our first um, moments of intersection. I actually had the privilege of being able to serve the Lord with you at C4 Christ Center yes. Community Church. You being our pastor, our senior, I don't know if I should say senior pastor, because every time I have a pastor come here and I say senior pastor, they get offended. And they say, well, I'm not quite Kapuna yet. I'm the lead pastor, but senior pastor, I feel like, uh, I don't know if that's... <laughs> well, I, I, I actually like the name senior pastor because mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot quicker to say than senior citizen pastor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me, you know, and, and um, you know, with, with age... Sometimes comes wisdom, uh, but it but it's it's good. I don't I don't mind the title at all. In fact, I changed it. It it used to be lead pastor with Fernando, and then when I stepped in, I said ah, let's change things up a bit. Yeah. So, so just just call me senior pastor. Yeah. <laughs> I was just very blessed to be a uh, part of the uh, senior pastor Dale um, um, era uh, at at yeah, C4. That's and, right. Well, um, one thing that was just. Uh, most life-changing for me was just our one-on-ones and mm. our time that we had together that was just very intentional. Um, you had literally helped me walk through a lot of uh, personal struggles and as a young and up-and-coming leader, um, just having to get through uh, certain barriers uh, mm. before God could kind of release me as a pastor. And one of those issues was was my anger and, and just my irritations and frustrations. But I just remember you um, being one of the few pastors at that time willing to take me on <laughs> and, and actually say, no, like, um, I see something in you and believe in you despite what it is that you're struggling with. Well, you know, I, my, my philosophy when it, when it came to church was that, you know, the, 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 the people that come to work for the church are, are actually no different than the people that come to attend church. Mm. You know, we're we're called as as ministers to to minister to all, and just because someone is paid doesn't mean they don't need ministering. Absolutely. To. So you know, my you know, I'm I'm just trying to be obedient in in my call. When when God asked me to to come and 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 lead at at C4, you know, it it meant you know holistically taking care of everyone, yeah. and and that included yourself <laughs> and you know we we go back many 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 oh years gosh, before yes. that you know when when i was a volunteer and you were a volunteer at the church and uh but getting to work together was was such a blessing because at that point in time uh, 
we had good reason to to get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, and and yeah, it, it was it was fun actually, <laughs> um, because you know, for for me, you know, I I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, so you know, what I do is I I generally share share from that. Yeah. You know, it starts from there, uh, and you know, if if I can share how I overcame. You know some of the struggles in my own life, then then perhaps others can benefit from that too. So, so you know it that that's my heart. You know, as as a pastor, you know it's it's my heart to just help everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter doesn't matter who they are or what they've been through or where they stand in relationship to me. You know, my my heart is just to help ev- any everyone that that really asks. Yeah. And I can definitely see that uh, through how you're living and, you know, all the different uh, young pastors and leaders that you're continually meeting up with, just outpouring um, your experience and your, uh, you know, everything that you've gleaned uh, mm. into their lives. And even so much so that you've written a book, um, yes. uh, Choosing Your Path. Yes. And um, it's just uh, even prior to coming to see for you had all these years uh, within the business world mm-hmm. and I just love um, just the parallels that you drew between yeah your time um, at C4 and then experiences with other churches too but just kind of seeing um, a lot of similarities for good or for worse for better or for worse right yes. but um, if you can kind of talk a little bit about yeah like what uh, prompted you to to write this book and um, what's just the unique um, perspective that that you want to uh, share Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. That's, right? a, that's a loaded question because there's a lot of yes, there's, there's a lot to answer. But yeah. just just to just to 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 share my heart behind why I wrote the book. Um, you know, I as as the pandemic was starting and and there was just a lot going on. Um, you know, one of the things that I failed to do for myself is to just take good care of myself. Mm. So I, f- I found myself right around Easter a couple, couple of years ago, just, um, you know, on the, the edge of, of burnout, of depression. Took some time off to, um, you know, to, to get somewhat restored. And, and in that process, I started asking God, okay, where, what do I do next? You know, do I, do I retire or do I go back or, or what have you? And, and God was very, very clear on His message to my wife. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is what I like to yeah, call it. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was telling Eileen, um, He's not done yet. He's mm. not done yet. And, you know, we, we spent a month actually just, just working through that. What, what, does, what does that mean? What does that exactly mean? Yes. He's not done yet. And I started reflecting back on, on why I even accepted the role of, of senior pastor at C4. You know, God, God had given me, uh, had called me to, to raise up the young pastors. Yeah. He placed that on my heart. That fire was still in me. But God said, you don't necessarily have to go back and run a church mm-hmm. in order to build up uh, wow. the young pastors. So, so. This book is actually, you know, the the first step in the in 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 my post in my my retirement years of how I can continue to help young pastors. Mm-hmm. And and this book was written from the perspective of someone who had who had done it, 
who had been the pastor and and what I tried to do is to just lay out some of the the landmines if you will that you will run into as you um, start start a ministry or you're running a ministry or even if you're further along in the ministry things to to just be watchful of yeah and and I tried to bring in the perspective of my my long career in in the secular world in the business world and I saw a lot of what was what we did in the business world creeping into the mm. church on the face that doesn't look too bad you know it's like oh, okay well it works for business why can't it work for the church and and I think that's the basic assumption that most pastors make when they start using tools and practices from the business world what they fail to see however and that's what I wanted to point out in my book is that the whole purpose of a company is so unlike and so upside down and so countercultural to oh, what what the Bible and the gospel and what Jesus was was trying to teach us. You know, we're all about love. Mm -hmm. Businesses are all about profits. Yes, and and love has actually very little place in the business world, as, mm. as you and I both know. Yes. You know, it, it's not people first; it's profit first. Yeah. It's the other P. So, my. What I also wanted to share with, with young pastors is, you know, just beware. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, I'm not telling people to, to not adopt or adapt what, what can be gleaned from the business world. All I'm saying is just be careful because with it comes values. Yeah. And the values don't necessarily follow the teachings of, of mm. Jesus. So, yeah. so that's that's why I wrote the book. Yeah, and I feel like you know, not to to to, to shift blame on anything, but it's just human nature, right? That when we start uh, being uh, part of any kind of organization, where um, yeah, it could be numbers, it could be attendance, it could be ties and offering, um, but it's just so easy. Even though we can claim that, hey, we stand for God, we're for God, we read the Bible. Th these are our pillars of our core belief system. Just our tendencies can, you know, uh, for me, a huge one was just performance, right? Where mm. I wanted to, uh, through my projects or, you know, f find my relevance through my position. And then in that whole kind of um, race, just really forgetting, wait, no, no, no. Like my assignment here is not to build my ministry career or, or to even just to idolize uh, the organization just yeah. because it's an organization. But um, just coming back to what the Bible is saying in terms of like, wait, what... Is it that the church is supposed to stand for? How are we supposed to live? Um, how are we loving and, and serving our our our, our co-laborers? Right? Mm. Yeah, it, it's a it's a slippery slope. It is. It is. I mean, you know, as as a pastor, you know, you you, you sit there every Sunday and you look at the attendance mm -hmm. and and if you're not careful, you know, the the size of your church. Uh, becomes a testimony of your value yeah and when people aren't there you know you get depressed and it's like oh you know people don't love me mm. or I'm not I'm not successful as a pastor because I'm not reaching enough people and you know that's that's just Satan you know just oh, just kind of whispering in your ear you know you're no good you mm. know you're no good but nowhere nowhere in the Bible do I see Paul in his many letters to the churches asking, oh, by the way, what was your attendance last weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or how many people have you baptized? Or, you know, did you, did you do a, a, an altar call? 
You know, how many, how many people are, are visiting the church? He didn't ask any question like mm -hmm. that. Yet we make that such a, a big deal yeah. in, in the church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope because once you start attaching your value and your identity to the size of your church, all of a sudden, it, it's not about the people. It's not about the church that, that, that represents people. It's, right. it's the church organization. Mm. And all of a sudden, you, you start to shift your, your strategies, your attention, your focus, everything that you do to filling the pews. Right, right, right. And, you know, I, I, I have to warn all of us that, mm. you know, our job doesn't end when people sit in the pew. Our job ends when we get them into heaven. Mm, yeah. You know, it, it's a matter of not only bringing them in the door, but also helping them to, to walk with the Lord, to really, really fellowship and get to know Jesus and to transform, you know, into the, the likeness of, of, of Jesus. Well, how do they do that? Well, I was telling some friends the other day, I said, a, a normal sermon, average sermon, 30 minutes, 40 mm -hmm. minutes. You know, you maybe preach on two, three, four scriptures at a time. Okay, so you do four scriptures at a time. And you have 52 weekends a year to do it, <laughs> right? So you're going to cover, out of, out of this Bible that's huge, <laughs> you're going to cover 200 verses? Really? Is that enough? Mm. Is that enough for people? No, I don't think so. So there has to be more. Absolutely, yeah. There, there has to be more to helping people to, to really, truly follow Jesus, mm -hmm. to fall in love with Jesus, to pursue Jesus, to change their lives so that they're in, in sync with the teachings of the Bible. Yeah. And it takes more than just getting them in the pews and mm -hmm. giving them three or four passages to, to yeah. think about yeah so. um pastor Dell. you know in in this whole just race of life and us you know as individuals uh we're pursuing success we're pursuing significance in the marketplace that's one thing right when it comes to profitability maybe we're trying to climb that 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 social ladder in terms of just ranking and position um in the church um uh yeah there's those tendencies that kind of uh uh fall within that realm too but um, given your, um, you know, just this awakening that you're providing for us uh, in this book through your unique perspective, um, how would you define uh, 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 what is, in your eyes, uh, the successful church and what is the successful leader? Like, what does that look like? In the eyes of God, I guess, right? <laughs> well, you know, let me, let me put it in... in kind of a longer-term perspective for you. Mm -mm. The, the mega-church model, the, the pursuit of these huge, huge auditoriums filled with people uh, really blossomed in the 80s. It yes. sort of started in the 70s, but really blossomed in the 80s and the 90s. And it, it, what's interesting is, you know, the, the big churches got really big. Mm. But Christianity as a as a as a percentage of the population in America actually started shrinking at the same time. Mm. Which led me to believe that 
you know, this, this strategy of big church and, you know, just huge facilities and lots of programs and all of that wasn't really working. Mm. I guess that's, that's you know, I, I, I kind of came to that conclusion that, you know, we were, we were, we were busy building a, people who attended church, maybe check the box in the church, but were they going deep? Were they actually walking out the door and thinking, oh, how can I take today's passages and make, make it a part of my mm. life? No, I don't think we were doing a good enough job in that. Mm. And I, I have to share with you that, you know, over the past months, you know, I've been, since my retirement, I've been spending more and more time just ministering, pastoring smaller, smaller groups, groups of 12, 14, 15 people. And I have to share with you, I was, I was sitting with someone just the other day and, and he said, you know, Pastor Dale, since I started meeting with you, I started meeting with this one person um, on, on a weekly basis, just one-on-one. -on -one. He said, before, before I started meeting with you, I had no desire whatsoever to read the Bible. Wow. And he said, today, I'm excited about, <laughs> about that. And and the, the more I read, the more I want to learn about, about Jesus. And, and you know, it, it's hard to do something like that when you're standing, you know, behind the pulpit and talking to several hundred people at a time. Mm. It, it's hard to make that connection. Yeah. But, you know, the, the one hour or so that I spend with this person, you know, whether, you know, a week or every other week, has made such a difference in his life. So for, for me, I, I, th I think given, given the trending in Christianity in America today, um, you know, I, I think we need to get more personal. Yeah. I, I think the, pers the, the pastors need to, need to, you know, get off the pulpit and, and mm. get into homes and get back into Starbucks or, or whatever. <laughs> And, 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 and just meet people where they are. Um, you know, I've, I've had other experiences in this past year where I, I've, I've given little talks and I've gone around and, and I've asked everyone, you know, just share with me one takeaway that you, you had today. And, mm. and, you know, some people have said, you know, quite honestly, I didn't get much of it, you wow. know, yeah. because, you know, I was perhaps talking at a little higher level. So, you know, I went back and I said, hey, let's, let's get together for mm. coffee because no one, no one should be left behind. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to do that in the big church, mm. right? You see the ones that are really active and then the ones that kind of sneak in and sneak out and they never yeah. come back. Easy to, for them just to fall through you the know, cracks. Right? Out, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And, and I believe as a, as a pastor, no, we have to, we have to go after the ones, you yeah. know? The, the 99s are fine, mm -hmm. you know, but, but let's, let's pursue the ones because Jesus asked us to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the intent of the, of the mega church model, the, um, the, the initial goal, I feel like the, the purpose of wanting to get big was to have more outreach, right? I feel like the heart of it was yes. good in the, in the, the beginning. Heart, the heart was good. It was good, but just with humanity right and with with um, our attentions and just um being distracted with 
things that actually really didn't matter, right, were, were um, just the value that we found through yeah, bigger attendance. Oh, we baptized more people, others, oh, yeah. um, more money coming in, whatever it might be. Uh, we just, you know, again, just going back to human nature, just forget the heart of, wait, why did we um, get into this faith in the first place, right? When, when, our, when our church was back in the day, New Hope, Aina Haina, mm -hmm. And we were 120 strong, or whatever it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a huge number, but everyone pretty much knew everyone, mm. and everyone knew what everyone else's schedule was. So right. you know, if if a family couldn't come one week, we knew ahead of time that yeah. oh, they had something going, or they were traveling, or vacationing, mm -hmm. or what have you. But you lose that with the bigger numbers. Yeah. You know, you lose that personal touch, mm -hmm. and you lose. A certain a certain amount of accountability too. Yeah, it's like, oh, if I don't show up, everyone's gonna wonder. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. so oh, it better. You know, even on those days that you really don't feel like going to right, church, right. people or, are gonna know. Right? Or, 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 or you know, your favorite football team is on. Right, you know, right. <laughs> you know, I, I I know. I mean, I I, I stood mm -hmm. at the door many years, and every football season we see a lot of women coming in, but no husbands. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> so we we know. But in a, in a smaller setting, you know, you, you have that, that personal relationship, number mm. one. And number two, you have that accountability, yeah. that responsibility. Mm. You know, if, if everyone does something at church, it's like, oh, we don't have coffee today because Joe didn't come. Yeah, it's like, oh, I guess <laughs> nobody's getting caffeinated today. Right, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, Joe, you got to come every week, right? Um, we, used, we used to do that when the church was mm. small. You know, there's this one woman that, that was a, a greeter, and, and I remember the leader of the greeters used to give her the buckets. Yeah. You know, the, the tithing buckets mm -hmm. to take home. Wow. And he said, you got to come next week because you got to bring the buckets. <laughs> You're accountable now. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah. She came every week because she had to bring the buckets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, I, I know he was messing with her a little bit, but it got her to come every week yeah. because she was... You know, she, mm. she had the buckets. Yeah. She couldn't have church without the buckets. <laughs> so, you know, and, and talking about human nature, I mean, that is, yeah. that is human nature. Sometimes we mm -hmm. need our friends to kind of kind of pull us yeah. along, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's, let's have <laughs> church. And then you get into church and you start worshiping and then you remember, oh, okay. Yeah. This is a whole lot better than mm -hmm. watching that football game, you know whole lot better than sleeping in mm -hmm. right? <laughs> because you know you're amongst friends worshiping jesus mm -hmm. and life can i get any better than that yeah pastor i feel like just the timing of just your message um in your book and then just even with the pandemic um it's even forced um, our church to kind of reevaluate ourselves it was a huge awakening for us saying hey we need to come back to abiding in jesus right mm. and then even just seeing more of the importance yeah we were almost forced to kind of um go into these little groups or clusters and right. and um just with um circles and, and now with micro churches and these are again nothing new right these were things that were done way back in the yeah. day yeah and and it's but it was this weird kind of epiphany moment saying like hey we've discovered something new but not really new at all it's not really new. it's right. not really new and i could just personally testify that even through us, um, yeah, almost a year now, um, having microchurch in our in yeah. the very place that we sit, 
um, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, on staff with you. Um, yeah, discipling people here and there, but because we um, have this new avenue of meeting weekly um, in a smaller group, probably 10 to 15 people max, um, I haven't discipled people like this um, probably, like, yeah, I don't want to say like in my whole like, career, but, um, you know, just my whole time walking with Jesus, um, um, the intentionality, these one-on-ones, being able to really know what's happening in these people's lives on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Um, this is true discipleship happening. I mean, when Jesus talks about yeah. making disciples, he didn't just say, hey, bring someone to church and then they're good. He said, no, get into their lives, know what they're going through, walk with them, pray with them, uh, do life with them, right? That's right. It's a it's a totally, totally different model. But you you grow people so much faster. Oh my gosh. And we grow too, right? Through that process it, too. So and much isn't it gratifying? Too. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it, it's... You know, I, I enjoyed, of course, working working at the church. And, you know, one of my favorite things was greeting people at mm. the door and all of those things. But, but you know, when when I have people telling me that, wow, you know, they, they've never learned so much. You know, and I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting there responding to them. Yeah. You know, they they have all these questions in their minds that. You know, they sat in a sermon and had the question but couldn't raise their hand, you know, because it's not... <laughs> they didn't have that chance. That it, it's, not, right? it's not set up, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a dialogue. It's sure. set up as a lecture. And, and now that I've given them the opportunity to ask freely, mm. it, it's taken their faith oh my gosh, yeah. to a whole other level. And, and, that's, and that's the role of the pastor. I mean, you know, we're, we're called as shepherds. You know, teaching is important, yes, but... You know what people really need is someone to just kind of come alongside them and and guide them and help them and get them out of trouble sometimes. You know, <laughs> you did that for me a few times. Right? <laughs> fend away, fend away the evil one when when that needs to be done. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's all part of the pastoral call. Absolutely, absolutely. And we can do that when we get to know each and every one of the persons that that God has placed mm-hmm. under our care. Yeah. And it's so much more, not only, not only easier, but gratifying yes. at that level, I, I, f- mm. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Dill, time is quickly eluding us, but I just want to give you um, at least a few minutes to, um, if you could address the camera in front. Um, yeah, if there's just a message, um, if there's a, 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 a word of inspiration, but just something you want to leave our audience with, um, I just want to give you just time to shine. Oh, I don't know about shining. I mean, <laughs> or for Jesus to shine through you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a that's an interesting, interesting uh, prompting. There's there's so much there's so much that um, I want to share, but but you know I I just I just want to 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 just encourage people to 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 just keep on going. I mean. If if you're a pastor, I, I want you to keep going because, you know, no one ever promised us, you know, an easy career, if you will. You know, being a pastor is what, third or fourth junkest job in, in, in America today, something <laughs> like that. I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's one of the, the toughest jobs. Mm. <clears throat> But you know we're we've, we've been called to to do that, and all I 
my, my only suggestion is, you know, if, if you have doubts, just go back to the Bible. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus had it tough. Paul had it tough. Every, every one of the, the characters in the Bible had it tough. And, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our chance to, 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 to make that sacrifice and to keep, keep it going. Mm-hmm. You know, the numbers don't look good. I know a lot of, a lot of pastors are, being, are depressed. But let's, let's, let's not give up. I mean, this, this is a, a fight worth fighting. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. And, and if you're not a pastor, if you're just a, a lay leader or, or someone else in the ministry, you know, I, I encourage you to do the same. It, you know, there's, it, there's so much, so much that, that, that needs to be done in this world today. And, and it's not someone else's job. I yeah. mean, <laughs> to a certain extent, it's our job. Absolutely. You know, to, 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 to be the catalyst, to be the one that sparks, to be the one that leads people. So, uh, you know, it, it's, and it's not just the pastor's job. It, mm-hmm. It's everyone's job. Yeah. So, so my encouragement is, to, is to, to just stick it out because this, like I said, is a fight that is well worth fighting for. So awesome, Pastor Dale. That's all the time that we have for today on I Am Talk. But Pastor Dale, Choosing Your Path, available on Amazon. But um, Pastor Dale, not only an author, but I consider you a father, a mentor, my oh. pastor. And just want to thank you for everything that you've poured into me. And just excited to see what's next uh, thank you. in your chapter ahead. So until next time, uh, we'll see you guys. Yeah. Instant Wow, that was just a sneak preview of what's to come next here on I Am Talk. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tap that bell icon to get the latest notifications on the upcoming episodes here on I Am Talk. So who's ready to talk story? Let's go.